Abbaology Insiders, welcome. This is the Abbaology Podcast, and I'm your host and the founder of the Abbaology Movement, Jake Stringer. This podcast is dedicated to transitioning people from the judicial to the familial, from theology to Abbaology. This is your home for free Abbaology content. I will be assuming a few things about you. Number one, you're ready. Number two, you're hungry. And number three, you're excited. So come along as we transition from theology to Abbaology. Sledgehammers, framing hammers, and finish hammers. What in the world do those things have to do with God? Today I want to talk about the three stages of a spiritual renovation. You know, if you've ever renovated anything... My wife and I, we have a few rental properties, and none of these rental properties were were in rentable condition when we got them. We bought them, uh, they were foreclosures, we got them for very little money, and they needed a total overhaul. This process was really made to look beautiful and easy on TV, but then when you do it for real, you realize... It's not as as uh, as beautiful as they make it look on Property Brothers or Love It or List It. That this is real hard work. I remember the first one that we did, we actually had to wear suits when we cleaned out the attic. It was so nasty in there. And then if you'd seen the end product, you could never have imagined what it looked like when we first got it. And you know, the, the first thing that we had to do when we went into that house to get it ready to begin framing was we had to demo. So we all had our sledgehammers and we were sledging. And it's very much the same way when we're renovating spiritually. There's a lot of beliefs we were handed, uh, maybe from the church we grew up in or uh, the religion that our parents handed us or the concepts of God just that we were born into, so to speak, that we were indoctrinated with when we were kids. If we're going to transition from theology to Abbaology and have a very healthy son or daughter uh, and father dynamic, uh, where we're spending time in the living room, in the dining room, in the family room with God, rather than the courtroom, if we're going to make that transition, there are some things that need to be sledged. You know, as we were in the demo stage at that house, mostly I could mindlessly sledge. Okay, sledging doesn't take that much brain power. The objective is simple. Tear down. Get ready to rebuild. But what I discovered while I was sledging is if I wasn't, I actually had to be a little bit careful when I sledged because there was plumbing and electrical that I I found was actually good and could survive into the framing stage. And so I began to sledge a little more carefully. I was still demoing, but I was careful about it. In 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10, Paul says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. I think it's interesting that Paul didn't say he laid a foundation as a wise demoer. This is what the thing about the demo stage, you have to do it. What I've found is in a spiritual renovation, 
if we demo too much without reframing, it can lead to disillusionment. In some cases, in extreme cases, people feel like they've lost their faith. But I want to show you, you're not losing your faith. It's just the old faith that you had. The old version of your faith is dying. Okay? And so as we're demoing things, because in Abbaology, we're going to demo a ton of stuff. We're going to go after a lot of sacred cows, a lot of elephants in the room that the evangelical church wants to pretend aren't there. But these are the things that are holding Christians and sons and daughters of God back. These become very limiting beliefs that cause our feet to be stuck in the sand and we cannot move forward. We're going to do that. We're going to demo stuff. But we're not going to get stuck in the demo stage because we also need to frame And Jesus was a carpenter, so he knew how to demo. He also knew how to demo effectively, and he knew how to frame as well. He knew how to measure. He knew how to be exact. And so with the heart of a wise master builder, we demo. Okay, we know we're going to reframe something healthy as we go into the demo stage. As I went in with my sledgehammer to that house, I knew my objective was to have a beautiful, well-built, finished product that could withstand scrutiny, that was dependable. Okay, so even in the demo stage, it's not totally mindless, all right? When I first started preaching about the goodness of God and that we were under the new covenant, I I was firmly planted in the demo stage while preaching. And so when I would be in a room filled with people that were also demoing, man, the roof would go off the place. I mean, I'd be getting so many amens because we're all in the demo stage. And when I would stand up there and sledge man-made religion, man, everybody got into it. We were all at the same frequency. And then it came to a point where I actually started to feel frustrated and I didn't know what it was. And that was about three summers ago, maybe four summers ago now. I was driving to Maryland. And as I was driving... I was actually listening to Lamb of God, which is not a Christian band. That's a heavy metal band. And I had a vision. And in this vision was a a sledgehammer, a framing hammer, and a finish hammer. And I was like, Holy Spirit, what, what is this about? And Holy Spirit said, Jake, you're stuck in the demo stage with your sledgehammer. I'm trying to call you into the framing stage and put a framing hammer in your hand. This is why you're frustrated. You're actually shifting seasons, and I want you to start framing and stop demoing so much. And I mean, I pulled over and wrote that down in my notes, and here I am four years later talking to you about it because it stuck with me so powerfully. And as we're stepping into these concepts of of a good, good father, you are going to be picking up a sledgehammer, okay? We need to do it, but we're not going to get stuck there. We don't want the demo stage to become our identity. You know, I was invited to speak at a minister's conference about three months after God showed me that picture, and I shared that message. And I'm telling you, there were probably 60 pastors in the room, and there was not a dry eye. When I said, some of you have been frustrated and you don't know why, and it's because, and it may be because God is calling you into the framing stage because you actually have the heart of a builder, not just a demoer, everybody started crying. And I have chills just sharing that story. It was so powerful. And we had such a beautiful time of 
just talking through that afterwards and everybody like, man, that's exactly what's happening. And it was so beautiful. So when I was demoing, I did discover some plumbing and electrical that was good. Not everything that we were taught was bad. So we're going to be careful when we demo. We're still going to demo, but we're going to be careful. And then when we frame, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be so exciting. You know, there's a level of of skill required to use a framing hammer that's not required with a sledgehammer. The sledgehammer has a much bigger surface area, uh, and a and a framing hammer is about one tenth or even smaller the size. It takes more hand-eye coordination and purpose. So, what is our purpose? Our purpose is exiting these judicial concepts of God that we find in the New Testament, and And we're honoring them by realizing their purpose. Their purpose was to transition those first century people transitioning from Old Covenant to New Covenant. They were familiar with covenant language. That's why God uses it. Because it's familiar. God comes into our boxes and our uh, comfort zones and meets us there. But He then he begins to lead us beyond them. And that requires trust. So a lot of us that have grown up legalistic, thinking God is a taskmaster, these terms, these legal terms resonate with us because we felt like we were under the law because man-made religion was so legalistic. You're going to hell if you play cards. You're going to hell if you dance. On and on and on. So we felt like we were under the heavy yoke of of the law, the yoke of slavery, as Paul calls it in Galatians 5. So they resonate with us. So for a while, when we're getting that revelation, it's so powerful to read that. But it's not meant to cage us and limit us. It's meant to be a launching pad. Once you grasp that, when you begin to see yourself and reframe your belief system as a son or a daughter, you still have that knowledge of the covenantal transition that we find in the New Testament. You still have that. That's part of you. It was a necessary part of your demoing and reframing. It was necessary. But as you realize that you're a son or a daughter in the living room, you begin to need a construct that can allow that wine to flow. And sons and daughters don't relate to their parents by covenant. They relate by family. Okay, there's a powerful scene in uh, the second of the newest Star Wars movies. And in this scene, Luke is losing his mind because the the Jedi temple is burning and the sacred Jedi texts are in there. And he's freaking out because he thinks if the texts die, then the Jedi religion dies. And as this is happening, Yoda appears. And Yoda says, why are you so upset? And, and Luke is crying, and he's just in despair, and he says, the, basically says, the, the Jedis are done. The texts were in that building. And Yoda says something so powerful. He says, Luke, it's time to go beyond the texts. The, the Jedi goes way beyond the written texts, the written sacred texts. So those texts are important, but... It's even a new thing to have a Bible-based faith. 
That is a new thing relative to church history. For the first 400 years almost, there was no compiled canon. So Christians were Christians still, and they did not have a compiled sacred text called a Bible that's actually a library of scrolls. It's not one book. It's a univocal, contradicting library of scrolls, and it chronicles you know, the obviously the, the story of the Hebrew people, and it also chronicles the first century transition of the people from Old Covenant to New Covenant. It also introduces the revelation of Father that Jesus brought and the revelation of Abba. And so just as the Old Testament was a launching pad for the New, the New Testament is a launching pad into Abba, okay? So we're not saying goodbye to the texts, but there is a faith beyond the text. That's actually what, what it was for around the first 15 or 1600 years of Christianity. It was very, it was uncommon for people to have a Bible. And then we know it wasn't even printed until 1611 with the King James Bible. Okay, so that's a new thing. So saying that there's a version of Christianity without a sacred text is not heresy. Okay, we are spirit led. We, we see in the text of the Bible that God even says in the book of Hebrews that there shall be a day when, there, when no man need teach you. You already know it inside. So we have a voice within that guides us, and man-made religion has told us to a great degree not to trust that. Only trust the written word. I'm all about the written word. But just like Yoda told Luke, with the Bible, the Christianity does not live and die with the Bible, okay? It will always live because Jesus is alive and we have the Holy Spirit. But because we've primarily been taught Christianity with the Bible and many times taught destructive beliefs and limiting beliefs, we're going to use the Bible to relearn healthy beliefs and, and take the limits off. So God bless you guys. I hope that makes sense. We'll see you next time.